a Catholic analysis of the coronavirus-19 vaccine. Hello, my name is Father David Nix. I don't think this beginning part matters too much, but I'm going to give you a quick CV on why I have any authority or experience to talk about medical stuff in this video. I graduated pre-med at Boston College, studied molecular and cellular biology under a Harvard professor. I was accepted to physician assistant school in Brooklyn. Already paying rent in Brooklyn, I decided to go check out some Franciscans in the Bronx, and that discernment landed me back west where I'm from to enter seminary. Amidst all of this, I was an EMT in Boston and a paramedic in Denver before entering seminary. Point is, I have a medical background, which isn't really going to matter to any of my enemies, or my friends for that matter, since everyone's going to believe what they want in this coronavirus stuff anyway. But why I would encourage those who disagree with me to keep listening to this video or podcast is because I'm going to quote some non-Catholic sources far to the left of me so that you know I'm not just cherry-picking Catholic things or conservative things. This is going to be science, news, and bioethics. And that's where there's a crossroads in my life that gives me an authority to speak about this as a priest who is an ex-paramedic. Now, the only time I'm going to bring in theology is a single reference to St. Catherine of Siena towards the end of this a bit later. Also, I'm not a COVID denier. I spoke to a family this week who had COVID. They had already recovered, so anyone who sees me the next week, don't worry. They had already recovered. Uh, the teenagers were fine. The mom was short of breath. She was a little bit afraid at one point. Um, I used to work for Focus. A guy I worked in Focus with was in the hospital and was almost intubated and put on a ventilator due to coronavirus. So obviously this is still affecting people, uh, but we do need to put this in perspective with the vaccination. Today, the USCCB published a statement on the coronavirus vaccine. It reads, in view of the gravity of the current pandemic and the lack of availability of alternative vaccines, the reasons to accept the new COVID-19 vaccines from Pfizer and Moderna are sufficiently serious to justify their use, despite their remote connection to morally compromised cell lines. In addition, receiving the COVID-19 vaccine ought to be understood as an act of charity toward the other members of our community. In this way, being vaccinated safely against COVID-19 should be considered an act of love of our neighbor and part of our moral responsibility for the common good, end quote. Let's look first at the line about remote connection to morally compromised cell lines. When we are faced with doing something evil, moral theologians often use the term proximate or remote. The real basics of this is you do not want to participate in anything that is proximately evil. Remotely evil as we will see, allows a little bit more flexibility. Now, the USCCB is correct about the cell lines in some sense being remote. Again, the term remote is a term in moral theology that pertains to either remote or proximate participation in evil. It is true that the Pfizer vaccine was not only not made from aborted babies, but that it was not even tested on aborted babies. In fact, the Pfizer vaccine appears to have only been tested on cell lines derived from two babies aborted in the Netherlands in the early 1970s. So you could probably argue that as sad as that is, taking the vaccine is not proximate, but only remote participation in evil. But there's still four problems for this for any Catholic interested in doing the right thing on the virus. And by the way, sorry about the scratchiness. I switched to the gamer headphones for that. The first problem is this. Even if you can finagle all of the complex moral theology terms like formal cooperation and material cooperation in evil, to say that taking something that has only been tested on cells 
multiplied by scientists using aborted babies from 40 years ago is morally licit. Here's the thing. The age of how long ago a baby was aborted does not change its humanity and certainly can never be finagled into Catholic moral parameters. In other words, whether a baby was killed yesterday or a week ago is obviously not watertight theological terms. Second of three problems with this. Even if you can create the lowest bar of morality to say there's no formal or proximate cooperation in evil in taking the vaccine, the question remains on common sense and gut level, where your conscience is. Everyone loves to talk about conscience. This question, do you want to take something connected to the slaughter of innocent children? This is something that your gut instinct and conscience will have to do more than moral theologians attempting to give you the lowest bar possible. That vaccine is still connected to the slaughter of innocent children, even if you can't find a moral theologian to do a scribe-based loophole for you. By the way, I have a friend who works in the White House, and he says to people, if this came from Jews tested at Auschwitz, would you still want it? If this came from Jews tested at Auschwitz, would you still want it? And number three, here's the third problem with this, and this is where I'm going to spend the rest of this video. Is the vaccine dangerous? Coronavirus has a 99.9% .9 survival rate, meaning that whoever or whatever designed this disease came up with something not as strong as the average immune system. So instead of muckraking for bad news on that, I don't understand why everyone's not more thankful for that. Let me say that again. For whoever catches it, coronavirus has a 99.9% .9 survival rate, meaning whatever or whoever designed that disease came up with something, to their chagrin, not as strong as the average immune system of a human being. And we should thank God for that. As Elijah Schaefer on Twitter said in such a compact manner, quote, your immune system has a higher success rate at combating COVID than the actual vaccine. 99% versus 95%. Think about it, end quote. So it doesn't work to say the vaccine is the only way to get back to normal. We are now at the end of 2020, way back at the beginning of this in March or April, possibly May, but I think it was April of 2020, Bill Maher, who's anti-Trump, anti-Catholic, anti-Fox News, had on Dr. David Katz, a Yale public health expert who is also an emergency department physician treating hundreds of coronavirus patients in the Bronx at the height of their problems there. Dr. Katz made it very clear that while protecting the elderly of society, the only way to beat this would be to reach herd immunity. Now we hear everyone who is pro-vaccine promoting herd immunity through the vaccine, but honestly, our immune systems are the very best way to reach herd immunity if we had just had most of the population catch this like any flu. But more importantly now, even the mainstream media is admitting this vaccine, rolled out so fast, has only, get this, a 90% efficacy. The headline here at Politico reads, Moderna says its coronavirus vax is more than 90% effective, end quote. Okay, again, that's less effective than your immune system against coronavirus. Thus, the vaccine is not necessary. And we will talk later about the older and more vulnerable parts of the population. But let's talk about the younger people first. LifeSite News reported, quote, Pfizer COVID jab warning, no breastfeeding, avoid pregnancy for two months, unknown fertility impacts, now, I know some people don't trust LifeSite News, so I went ahead and I looked at the official release from the UK government, and it's exactly as LifeSite News had reported it. Quote, for women of childbearing age, pregnancy should be excluded before vaccination, end quote. Let me read that again. 
For women of childbearing age, pregnancy should be excluded before vaccination. Notice at the top, if you're not on the podcast but watching this on YouTube, that I screenshot directly from the UK government website, not LifeSite News right there. I give motive for this on my next blog post, but we're going to stick with the facts in this video. More alarming than this, I believe, is that six people have died in the Pfizer vaccine trials. I screenshot here on the video version a PolitiFact article, which is basically a liberal fact checker, and this is their explanation of the six people who died in the Pfizer vaccine trials. Quote, all six deaths, including those of the placebo recipients, represent events that occurred in the general population of the age groups where they occurred at a similar rate, the document says. In other words, continues PolitiFact, none of the deaths were attributed to the vaccine, end quote. Hmm. Okay, so let me get this right. When someone dies of anything except coronavirus, but happens to be a positive for the coronavirus, the left is fine with that being reported as a coronavirus death. But when someone dies in a vaccine trial, they are unable to point out comorbidities and simply rush to say, oh, none of the deaths are attributed to the vaccine. Okay, let's say that's true for a minute. One thing I've noticed about coronavirus is that there are a lot of data wars on the comorbidities of who's dying that will never get solved. Or if they will get solved, it's probably 10 years away. But here's the fact. Any way you slice it or dice it, the survival rate for coronavirus is over 99.9%. Now, how many at that second decimal point is what's up for debate? 99.95% or 99.99%? That's where the debates on the comorbidities come in. When you have data wars, the only thing possible left is to use common sense and say this using any virology book or epidemiology book produced before 2020 when everything is going to get changed for political reasons. And so I propose this. Let us use common sense in medicine, not politics, in approaching this vaccine. Because here's the thing. In no epidemiology book or virology book will you find a suggestion to quarantine the healthy, to test the healthy to vaccinate the healthy, at least not something rolled out on a whim. I mean, think of the term Operation Warp Speed. It doesn't get faster than warp speed. That is not due diligence in injecting something that is kept at negative 80 degrees Fahrenheit and only the military at this point can roll it out. Yes, the vaccine is kept at negative 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, what's the problem with that? Well, I can't prove anything. But this is where the onus of proof is not on my shoulders, but the shoulders of the government, because generally anything kept at negative 80 degrees Fahrenheit is not alive, but rather will come alive after injection. Is that something you want in your body? Being in the traditional Latin mass world, I know many families who are anti-vax, families who will not vaccinate their children. But I am also speaking to many families outside of the traditional Latin mass world who do vaccinate their children who are opposed to this coronavirus-19 vaccine. There are families who vaccinate their kids who are horrified at this vaccine, rolled out on a whim, kept at negative 80 degrees Fahrenheit, and this is all for a disease that has a 99.9% survival rate. Okay, let's talk about the elderly people in our society. The USCCB website released today reads, quote, In many cases, the most important effect of vaccination may not be the protection it offers to the person who receives the vaccine, who may be of relatively robust health and unlikely to be seriously affected by the disease, end quote. In other words, you get this vaccine for the elderly parishioners who are near you. The problem with this argument is that it has not been proved this vaccine is any more safe than coronavirus, even for the elderly, especially for the elderly. 
In fact, in my last video, I linked the sad story of Father John Fields, an elderly Ukrainian Catholic priest in Pennsylvania who died during the coronavirus vaccine trial. God rest his soul. Notice this comes from Alethea, a mainstream Catholic publication. Notice it says that even though they can't say he died for sure of the vaccine, they know he did not die of coronavirus. Quote, the cause of death was an apparent heart attack, according to Father Michael Hutsko, pastor of Saints Peter and Paul Church in Mount Carmel, Pennsylvania. Father Fields did not have COVID-19. Auxiliary Bishop Andres Rabi, Vicar General of the Arch Eparchy, confirmed Monday. It continues, a November 23rd Catholic News Service article reported that when Father Fields received an email this summer from the University of Pennsylvania asking if he would like to participate in the vaccine trials, he answered yes immediately. Every priest and bishop out there pushing this vaccine should be aware of something called indemnity. If you don't care about your people, you may care about indemnity. So let's talk really quick about legal immunity. The screenshot I have up here is from U.S. legal annals, not anything Catholic. It reads, quote, No vaccine manufacturer shall be liable in a civil action for damages arising from a vaccine-related injury or death associated with the administration of a vaccine after October 1st, 1988, if the injury or death resulted from the side effects that were unavoidable, even though the vaccine was properly prepared and was accompanied by proper directions and warnings. That means that you cannot sue Pfizer or Moderna if, say, everyone in your family ends up nonverbal in five years from this vaccine. So my suggestion to groups of bishops and priests out there telling people to take this vaccine out of charity for their neighbor, well, you might want to note that you are not covered in any such indemnity protections. In other words, if you tell your faithful that they have to take this vaccine to be a good Catholic and they take it and end up nonverbal or zonked out of their mind in five years or infertile or dead, they can sue you for going way outside of your pay grade into medicine. So I'd like to close with this. I'm old enough to remember in the 1980s and 1990s when lay people would say to priests and bishops, stay out of our bedroom. But if bishops' conferences wanted to save the most lives and the most souls, they would make statements like their current ones on coronavirus vaccine, but rather on the oral contraceptive pill. Now, before you turn this video off prematurely, I want to tell you what I learned as a paramedic, not as a priest, about the oral contraceptive pill. I had heard as a Catholic paramedic that the oral contraceptive pill had caused abortions. On the way to a hospital with a female patient at one point, non-emergent, non-lights and sirens, I asked if I could look at the packet in all of her medicines. One of those was the oral contraceptive pill. Sure enough, in the back of the ambulance on the way to the hospital, I noticed the three things that I had heard from Dr. Janet Smith on my recent conversion on this issue. The three ways the oral contraceptive pill works is it increases mucus, it stops ovulation, and if those two fail, the third is it sloughs off the inner lining of the uterus so that any newly implanted zygotes would be flushed away from the system. One Irish book I later saw estimated that 500 million new individuals are killed via this method. In other words, 500 million embryos are ejected due to the use of the oral contraceptive pill, the patch, the injection, anything that starts with ortho. How about its effects on women? When I was in paramedic school here in Denver, Swedish hospital, I remember that at this hospital that did elective abortions, so this was not anywhere close to a Christian or a Catholic hospital, our paramedic teacher said, anytime you run a call with a hyperventilating young woman that you have a rule out pulmonary embolism with, your differential diagnosis that you have to start asking is, do you smoke and are you on the oral contraceptive pill? Since then, I found out that countless women have died of pulmonary embolisms and strokes secondary to the oral contraceptive pill.
Therefore, we know for sure more children die of the oral contraceptive pill and probably more women have died of the oral contraceptive pill than even coronavirus. I have often said that if I were a bishop, I would make every priest preach against the oral contraceptive pill until every woman in the diocese got off of that. Thus, if priests and bishops are unwilling to preach on the extremely dangerous oral contraceptive pill, but yes, they preach on the not-so-dangerous coronavirus, then you know there's politics and money involved somewhere. And by the way, their job and my job is the salvation of souls, not forcing you to take a vaccine. So I'll say this, I am going to switch briefly from medicine to my job as being a priest. St. Catherine of Siena once had a vision of souls in hell. She saw couples that had just used contraception once, probably just the barrier method since this was the 14th century, burning in hell if they had not confessed this sin. Using contraception will forfeit your soul. Now, I'm not going to say that taking the vaccine for coronavirus will forfeit your soul, but I think this video gives you decent evidence you might be forfeiting your body if you take it. In a blog post I'm putting up at padreperegrino.org, or if you put in pilgrimpriest.org, I'm going to explain less the facts like I covered in this video and more my own speculation as to why this vaccine is being rolled out so rapidly with the support of the UN and why they want you to take it. May God bless you and keep you.